It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six of time. It's a Tuesday. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. As usual, a lot to cover today. And starting this morning with a story that ought to make you feel a whole lot better because some people who shouldn't have got who should have gotten justice in New York City right away have been recaptured. And there's another chance at this. Today's show is sponsored by Squid Flavored Donuts, bringing the flavor of the ocean to your breakfast pastry. Okay, as a pastry. Okay. Maybe with enough icing on it, you can go ahead and get away with it. All right. A lot of this stuff is going to bother some people today, so trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Let's go back to New York City real quick for this first story here. Remember, there were, uh, well, a couple of police officers trying to arrest somebody who was an illegal immigrant, and those police officers were jumped by other illegal immigrants. And then the the people who were in the country illegally, who beat up some cops were then released without bail. And they got on buses, like Greyhound. Is Greyhound or Trailway is one of those buses. And drove cross-country. They're heading to California. Here's the latest on that. Several illegal immigrants suspected of beating New York City police officers. Those were the same guys, by the way, who when they were walking out of the courthouse were flipping off everybody, right? I- immigration and customs enforcement sources said that the illegal immigrants allegedly involved in the mob beating, and we, we have the video of that, were arrested Monday, yesterday, by ICE and Homeland Security investigators at a Greyhound bus station in Phoenix. Now, again, they were released without bail. So they were just allowed to walk out the door without bail and just go wherever. They were supposed to stay for a court date, but of course they're not going to do that. The identities of the suspects have not been released. There are also no further details on which uh, were seen beating the officer on Monday. The four involved in the mob beating were believed to be heading to California, and it names who they think they are. The New York governor, a Democrat, said at a news conference on Friday that she wanted to speak with the Manhattan district attorney about why these suspects were released without bail. She said prosecutors should have sought to keep them behind bars. Well, yeah. Now, that's the big question we all have. Why were they just let go? Immediately, they should have been thrown in jail and kept there, considering what they had just done. But all right, reading on. Certainly an assault on a police officer is bail eligible, she told reporters. Well, see, again, I wouldn't have even... 
I know they're running out of space or maybe even out of space in New York, but still, after something like that, why even consider bail? All right. She added that over 100 crimes that can uh, also can lead to deportation. That's among them. And so that is also something she wants to have a conversation with the district attorney about. Those are part of the options. So, okay, that's what we have in the story so far. So I'm glad to hear. We'll we'll have to wait because I don't expect everything to go exactly the way we want it to go. Glad to hear they were picked up because even though they were released without bail, they're supposed to stay for their court hearing. Of course, they're not going to do that. They took off. That's why they were picked up. If they were still wandering around New York, no one would have bothered them because that's where they're supposed to be. So my next question is, are they brought back to New York? And then what? Are they thrown behind bars because they're a flight risk? Something like that should happen. And in the court case, deportation should be on it. You're running out of room in New York to keep people or totally out of room? Okay, I understand. Considering the situation, uh, thank you, Joe Biden. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go. Let's take them and just run them out of the country. Oh, I'm sure they'll try to come back. You know, with the border as open as it is, they'll just probably try to come right back. But deportation is certainly an option if we don't have a place to put these guys. And how in the world are they just left to go without bail? I really, that's why I, as much as I disagree with and don't even like the governor of New York, the old governor, gone, should have been gone a long time ago. The current governor, not a whole lot better, but at least she's got something here. I want to have a conversation with the district attorney. What the hell? That's a great conversation to have. Why would you do that? What, what would make you just let them go without bail or even argue for that? Now, I, I don't know the answer. My mind keeps going to they don't have any more room left in their jails. That's the only thing I can think of. Do you have some other option? Whatever the case may be. I can imagine their court system is really overwhelmed in New York. The, the New York court system was overwhelmed before the flood of illegals started to show up. Imagine what it's like now. Which as much as we have to deal with here in a state like Wyoming, at least we're such a small populated state that our problem is a lot less compared to what New York is dealing with. Which is one of those reasons I look at a major city like that and I think there was a time that I wanted to live in a place like that, but not even anymore. John is in Gillette. When I grow up, I want to be an illegal immigrant. Well, now you can do that now, John. In fact, I've got a great retirement plan for everybody out there. Here's what you do. So, you go across the border, right, and whatever country, Mexico, whatever you wind up in, you then then go ahead and just quit being an American citizen. Just cancel your citizenship. Then sneak back across the border. You will be picked up, handed all sorts of money and other goodies, and you'll be on a bus or a plane to wherever you want to go. And now since you get monthly money, you have a retirement plan as well. All right. Big wave is in Casper. I would rather go to jail than move to California. See, now that's the next thing that got me. I don't think... So these guys, they wound up in New York. And they probably, after they got to New York, realized what a mistake that was. I'm just saying these illegals are not all that smart. 
So their next idea is, well, New York sucks. Let's go to California. Oh, God. Or, okay. Talk about out of the frying pan into the fire. I mean, guys, you're really not picking your states here. You really want to be somewhere else. You don't want to go to New York. You certainly don't want to go to California. Finds it. No, don't do Detroit or Illinois, for God's sakes. All right. One of the greatest country stars in the history of modern country music died last night. I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to roll and ride. Wearing my six shoes, riding my pony on a cattle. This show contains sarcasm. Some listeners may find disturbing. A sense of humor is advised. Chat with Len Live on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Six twenty-one's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, a bit of a six twenty-two. Now it's topic change. Cause I honestly, Miss Mary, I didn't know either. I said that uh, famous country singer died, played a bit of uh, Toby Keith, should have been a cowboy, and she's looking at also what I posted on the Wake Up Wyoming site. Is Toby Keith dead? Yes. And bit of a shock. I found out last night or late yesterday he had stomach cancer, had for quite a while, been fight, a couple of years, been fighting it, died peacefully with family at his bedside, which is good to hear anyway. But this is, I've never been a someone to be a fan of anybody really but there are certain people that i recognize now that's talent that's really good one of the things i always loved about toby keith's music which he wrote a lot of his own songs he didn't write them all but he wrote a lot of his own songs what a good songwriter and i didn't consider him pop music because you know every there's pop music pick a style there's country pop there's rock pop there's pop pop there's pop music all and i never really liked pop music because it's the same thing over and over again. It's so formulaic, and they're always singing about the same thing. True country music, however, tells stories. And there are good stories behind it, and each song is unique, which is what makes it stand out, because it's not only unique in its sound, and it's not repetitive, 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 but it's also unique in its storytelling ability, and that's what Toby Keith did, which is why I liked him. So I called up just a moment ago some of his biggest hits. And he had a lot of them. He had a lot of hit songs. If his songs didn't hit the top of the charts, at least they were way up on the charts. And there were a lot of hit songs. So <clears throat> you'll probably know most of these. Should have been a cowboy. That's what I just played. And that may have been when I first heard of his name. I don't know what his first hit was. But that was way back in 1993. Really well-written song. Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue, 2002, very patriotic. Um, as Good As I Once Was is a really funny and good song and so true. A lot of great lines in As Good As I Once Was. How Do You Like Me Now was just a vengeful song. That was one where, yeah, apparently somebody that he really liked way back when just didn't think anything of him, just thought he was a loser. And basically the song said, well, how do you like me now? Now, one of my favorite songs of his, Beer For My Horses. Willie Nelson's on that one. Whiskey For My Men, Beer For My Horses. Uh, I Want To Talk About Me. That's another one where, you know, basically on a date, and that's, I don't mind talking about you, but, you know, uh, see, I wish I, didn't, I, I wish I didn't know now. 
He ain't worth missing. Oh, here's a big one for him. A little less talk, a lot more action. Who's your daddy? God lover. Uh, a little too late. <clears throat> Beers ago. Uh, bullets and guns. Don't let the old man in was a song that ended up becoming. He had a conversation. Uh, see, oh, I got to go back. Hang on, while, while I go back, because I want to make sure I get the uh, uh, details. But it was a conversation he had with Clint Eastwood about a movie that Clint Eastwood was making. And because of that, the song ended up uh, in that Clint Eastwood movie. So, see, don't let the old man in. Okay, Eastwood's movie. The Mule. That's what I was looking for. The name of the movie is The Mule. Red Solo Cup. Massive hit for him. Boy, that's like an anthem. You go to some party, start to play that, and all the solo cups go into the air. I think what it, also what people loved about him is he really did sing about what people knew and loved. So Red Solo Cup, I mean, come on, to write a song about that and how often people use those when they go out to party somewhere, I love this bar that really speaks to people who love to hang out at their neighborhood bar and the people that are there and so on. American Soldier... Let me see. Who's that man? Made in America, American Ride, Whiskey Girl, Crying for Me, Wacky Tabacky, Trailer Hood. That one I don't know. I'm going to have to go look it up. Oh, uh, Weed with Willie. Yeah, is that the one where he is never going to smoke weed with Willie Nelson again? I don't know. The Taliban song. I'm just talking about tonight and Happy Birthday, America. That's just some of the songs that he put out there. Yeah, there we go. Fire Pit Paul. Never smoke weed with Willie again. <laughs> See, when I first heard that song, I thought it was somebody who just did parody music, just, you know, sat satirical music. I didn't know that was Toby Keith. Hysterical song. Let's see, I'm going through another list here to see if I miss anything. Does the blue moon ever shine on you? Uh, let's see. So happy... Dream Walkin', I know that one. Uh, country Comes to Town, You Shouldn't Kiss Me Like This. My List, there's Courtesy of the Red, red White, and Blue. Again, I Love This Bar, Whiskey Girl, okay. Oh, I still hear again is a song uh, as good as I once was. I really do like that one a lot. Uh, Get Drunk and Be Somebody. <laughs> See, again... This is the, the kinds of music that he wrote. I was just, it really speaks to the average American country bumpkin. Get drunk and be somebody. They know exactly what you're talking about. She's a little haughty and a little too late. Jim and Casper, check your email, short video on illegals getting money. Okay, I'll go ahead and watch that one. Chet Yoder says, yeah, I'll never smoke weed with Willie again. I might have to go back and find that song and, and play just a little bit of it. But I'm looking at all of the different albums here. And I did come across an interview, which I'll go ahead and post on the Wake Up Wyoming site tomorrow. But there was a interview as he was getting near the end, so he doesn't look so good. And they asked him about the first song he ever wrote, which he said technically the song works as far as it's the, the things you need to put in the song to make it a good song. But he still said it was his first song and it really wasn't all that good. But after that, he got the hang of songwriting and so much of what he wrote about is exactly uh, the kinds of things that uh, many Americans, especially people who live in small towns, live 
on a weekly basis. All right, coming up on some local news we have to go through, and then right after local news update on the weather forecast. You have somewhat of a dry one today, but things start to wetten up and cool down. That's going to be part of your weather forecast with an extended day weather forecast at 645. It's Wake Up Wyoming. program is intended for immature audiences only. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Weekdays at 6 on air on Alexa and 24-7 on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Six thirty six of the time. Wake Up Wyoming. Alright, so another story that'll make you feel good because it sometimes makes you feel really good when the bad guys get their due. So, for example, this one. Cowboy State Daily. Colorado man crashes truck when he learned 13-year-old Wyoming girl wasn't real. (laughs) Your basic pedophile story. A Colorado man accused of trying to have sex with a 13-year-old girl who was actually a Laramie Police Department sergeant posing as a minor sped off and wrecked his truck in a field in Albany County when he realized the date he'd arranged with what he thought was barely a teen was a setup. He's from Colorado, of course, scheduled to give his plea February 20th, Albany County District Court. He's charged with one count of attempted exploitation of children, punishable by 5 to 12 years in prison, $10,000 fine. I think the worst of it is being in prison and then all the other prisoners find out what you're in there for, that doesn't end well for guys like this. Laramie Police Sergeant was on a classroom platform January 8th posing as a 13-year-old. Hello, sweetie. How are you? He texted. Good you. Okay. Uh, he did say the age, but you know what? how this goes. Okay. He starts grooming and all that. As the date approached... The police department started driving the area where the girl's fake address was supposed to be. They spotted the truck. He pulled, they pulled him behind the truck and flicked on the flashing lights. The guy drove off fast and over a nearby curb and then crashed after, well, <laughs> I mean, he panics. He takes off and crashes his vehicle. He had taken off at 65 miles an hour eastbound on 15th Street, for those who know the area, along the way, blowing through six stop signs. So add that to the charges. Police quit chasing him because they were worried about safety of other drivers. And 10 minutes later, they saw that same truck driving around 6th and Skyline Avenue. They began chasing again. He reportedly drove north and fled the road, driving through a fence and into Interstate 80. Albany, I guess, was he trying to get to the interstate by a shortcut? Albany police officers, uh, the sheriff's department, took over the chase, after which he crashed his truck and got it stuck in a field outside of Laramie, according to the affidavit. So you can feel better that he's captured. Now, next one that might help you feel a little bit better, too. 
So it depends on where. Let's talk weather for a minute because we got that update from day weather coming up in just a couple of minutes, 645. Now, we have been in a bit of a bubble of warmth. If you're listening to me in the general area, I'm in. A lot of our area has been actually a bit warmer and drier. When all around us, though, they've been getting slammed by winter. So we've actually been very fortunate as far as having a mild winter here. Get a load of this headline by our man in Cheyenne, Doug Randall. Coldest January weather in decades recorded in southeast Wyoming. See, it depends on where you are. While cold temperatures in Wyoming in January are not exactly a shocking development, he writes, the mercury last month plunged to levels not seen in decades. That's according to Cheyenne Office of National Weather Service, the agency posted the following on the website. Temperatures were quite volatile last month, bringing both extreme cold and unusual warmth. East of I-25, the cold far outpaced the warmth, leading to much colder than average month. The January Arctic's cold snap brought some of the coldest January temperatures in the last several decades. I wonder if that's got to have something to do with those people in Cheyenne that had that burst pipe in their neighborhood. I wonder if this is all part of it. Probably is. Now, most locations ended up near or slightly above average in precipitation rates. So, again, did you get a lot of snow or rain? Depends on where you are. Where I'm at, eh, a little bit, you know. But that's about to change. Pay good, close attention to the weather forecast over the next few days because things get a bit on the warmer side for a while, then drop again, but not Arctic, and then wetter. Now, again, 645, I have that whole uh, update from Day Weather. At 745, live conversation with Day Weather as well to give you all the details of this. But things will be cooling down a bit more and getting a whole lot winter. In the meantime, over in California, they're just getting slammed by wet weather. And, of course, they'll blame human-caused climate change, even though, remember, in California, they were saying that drought conditions were going to drive all of the reservoirs just completely dry. That didn't happen. The opposite of that is happening. So, once again, all of the predictions that were made, well... (laughs) Don't knock it till you've tried it. Well, I've tried it, my friend. And I'll never smoke weed with Willie again. (laughs) I learned a hard lesson in a small Texas town. He fired up a fat boy and he passed him around. (laughs) The last words I spoke before they tucked me in. (laughs) I'll never smoke weed with Willie again. Sure, this show is sustainable. We sequester all gas emissions to one room. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 and FM 95.1, weekdays at 6. 6.48 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So off we go to the icebox where Frank Gambino is waiting by. Frank, I was taking a look at it. Already the money's coming in here. You want to buy a 30-second Super Bowl ad, that'll be 7 million clams. Yep, and it keeps going up and up and up. So oh, so, there's, wow. so there's more. They charge more for, like, the first half of the game as opposed to the second half of the game. And it depends how many times these advertisers are in the game. Yeah. So And that doesn't include how much it costs them to actually make the commercial. 
which oh. could be easily seven figures. It's a lot of cash, man. It, it is, and that's why it makes sense. You see a lot of times advertisers will team up. So there'll be two or three, you know, maybe uh, clients in one ad. Yeah, just to- that that made that makes sense totally, yeah. you know. I, I the, the that those Super Bowl ad things was almost like a you know a cottage industry for the internet and everything else. Oh, you know, let's let's see, let's grade the commercials. And, yeah. Oh, right. and and then you know, and then then it got to the point where these advertisers were releasing the commercial before the game. Yeah. Now for me, you know, the only reason that I would have the Super Bowl on in my place, you know, I'm not, I don't care about the game. But I would wait for the ads. As soon as the internet came around, YouTube especially, I could start watching the ads the day after the game. Now I can watch the ads on YouTube the day before the game, which to me, okay, but that kind of takes the fun out of it because it was supposed to be these ads were uniquely Super Bowl. Right. I, now I'm the other way. Yeah. I wa- I'm watching the game. Right. I don't. Want, I, I go to the refrigerator. For the, the, the you know, while the commercials yeah. are going yeah. on. Or, like, let's go get some more wings. Yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. So, to, to me, though, I want to see... And also, not just some commercial. Because a lot of times, those commercials are really good. They're not... They used to be, Frank. I'd say used to be. Not like any other commercial you'll see out there. No, no, no. It's very, it's very unique to the game. And, yes. and, they, and they spend a lot of time and thought. Now, that being said, some, yeah. are, some are really good. Uh-huh. Some are like, Really? You're going to spend right. millions of dollars for that? Right. What I do notice there's also do shorter commercials, too. I've seen, like, 10, 15-second commercials. Oh, yeah. They, but, they, you know, that's that's still millions. So. Oh, yeah, big time. Men's college basketball tonight. The Wyoming Cowboys at home to meet um, New Mexico and Laramie, and the Lobos are rated 25th in the country. Folks are trying to bounce back from that dreadful shooting performance and their road loss to UNLV on Saturday when they went 4 of 25 from the three-point line. What's weird is that UW shoots 38% from the three-point line, and that's really not bad. So the Cowboys are 12 and 10 overall, 5 and 4 in Mountain West play. New Mexico is 6 and 3 in league play, 18 and 4 overall, and the Lobos pounded the Cowboys in Albuquerque earlier this season. So we'll see what tonight brings. That's a 6:30 start tonight from the Arena Auditorium, and we'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Women's college basketball. The Wyoming Cowgirls will host Utah State and Laramie tomorrow night. The Cowgirls escape with a seven-point win over Nevada on Saturday, so they're eight and two in Mountain West play, 13 and eight overall. Utah State is the worst team in the league at one and nine with an overall mark of four and seventeen. They're awful. That's a six thirty start tomorrow from Laramie. Boys high school basketball from over the weekend. First on Friday, Cheyenne Central, the number one rated team in four A, beat Natrona, the number three rated team, seventy three seventy two in overtime. Laramie rated second over Thunder Basin, 80-63. Cheyenne East over Sheridan, 75-69 in overtime. Kelly Walsh over Revanston, 49-39. Upton over KC and 1A, 75-32. Dubois beat Midwest, 64-42. Right over Glenrock, 70-36 in 3A and 3A-2A game. Douglas in 3A over Burns, 79-20. And also back to uh, 4A, Campbell County over Cheyenne South, 67-53. Then on Saturday, Cheyenne Central keeps rolling along. They're 17-0 after a 78-58 win over Sheridan. Cheyenne East is 14-4, beating Natrona 65-47, so NC drops to 12-3. Kelly Walsh is 7-9 on the year, beating Green River 64-56. Laramie 13-2 with a win over Campbell County 69-46. Glenrock in 3A over in 3A-2A um, beat Moorcroft 70-52, so they're 5-7. Midwest gets to 4-9 with a 67-34 win over Aveda Claremont. And Burlington over KC. 
38-27. In boys high school swimming, Casper Kelly Walsh played host in that 4A West Regional Meet over the weekend. Laramie placed first with 385 points. Kelly Walsh second with 345. And Laramie uh, Latrota was fourth with 128. And the 4A East Regionals were in Gillette. Cheyenne Central took second with 274. East was fourth with 166. And Cheyenne South placed sixth with 101 points. So the Super Bowl is this coming weekend. Yes, this is Sunday. Wow, okay. All right. Kind of a big deal for your friend. Have you changed your mind about who's going to win? No, no, I'm, I'm still no. taking San Francisco. Still taking San Francisco. Okay. You know, you know, okay. But, but, but Taylor Swift will be at the game. Yeah, well, She's no. going to play a concert in yes, Tokyo, Japan, yeah. and then fly all the way really? to Vegas afterwards okay. and be there the next day for the game. Yeah, okay. All right. That's, uh, well, you know, that's... That's the, what I'm looking... You know, I want to, you know, they, they should just have her yes. on one camera the whole time, like... You know, yes, it used to this, be like here's the Taylor camera, just a little Taylor cam, yeah, a little square down in the bottom over there. <laughs> I want to see the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Meantime, you're going to travel as far as your bedroom to the living room to watch. Well, the game. yeah, that's a yeah, long way. Actually, actually, you know. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Tuesday. Rolling on through a whole lot of news that I've got to cover for you. And don't worry, we'll get to the open phones. Today's show is sponsored by Squid Flavored Donuts. Bringing the flavor of the ocean to your breakfast pastry. So you just got to put enough uh, of that, you know, sugary, creamy icing on top. And that'll help you with that squid flavor. Okay, let's talk about some schools real quick here. Uh, first off... $250,000 for woke kindergarten program at a failing California school. Where once again, they don't realize at schools that the best way to fix a problem of failing grades is to focus on the grades and get out of all of this other nonsense. Don't get distracted. What's the job? So here's the story. It reads, other teachers question why the school adopted the use of $250,000 in federal funding meant to be for improving education outcomes in the nation's worst performing public schools, science-based math, reading, stuff like that. But a failing California school test scores continue dropping after they spent that $250,000 on a program called Woke Kindergarten. <clears throat> Woke Kindergarten, they're trying to start as early as they possibly can which deploys anti-police, anti-capitalist, anti-Israel messages in advance of abolitionist early education, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. And woke kindergarten teacher training and curriculum program first was reported at the San Francisco Chronicle, was available to all Glass Book Elementary 474 students who were recently uh, fell into the new lows of grade levels for math and English proficiency at 4% and 12% respectively. So, <clears throat> woke kindergarten founder uh, recently took to TikTok to tell the world, I believe that Israel has no right to exist. This, there's people there. You want kids to get reading and writing and math scores up, and this is what they hire. I believe every settler colony who has committed genocide against Native people has no right to exist. She doesn't want America to exist at all. She doesn't want America to exist, in her opinion. 
Uh, on the Woke Kindergarten website, Gross is described as an abolitionist and, let me see, cultural organizer. What does this have to do with math and other grades? In the Chronicle, the San Francisco Chronicle reporting the teacher's well, what she describes herself as, and again, the moment you hear how she describes herself, again, you would ask, what does that have to do? I don't understand. What does this have to do with educating our kids? Okay, now, from there, well, and this should get you to talk to any school board and ask, what exactly are you spending our money on here? Are you focused on why we send our kids to school? We send our kids to school, math, reading, true science, real science, things like that. Now, let's jump over to universities here. I'm going to go just up the coast a bit to Oregon University, where they've eliminated failing grades. Yay, I have no chance of flunking out. The story says some colleges and universities in the United States have been struggling with student performance particularly since they are spending more time uh, protesting Israel or police and other things like that and promoting DEI rather than doing what, what exactly did you go to school for? If you're going to college and you're spending all that money, what's the purpose of it? Indoctrination, right? And Oregon University announced they will be abandoning failing letter grades citing a GPA fixation that negatively impacts the students. So you see, students will never get a chance to find out how well they are or are not doing. Western Oregon University issued a news release earlier this month that revealed the school would be replacing the D and F grades with no credit to discourage undergrads from dropping out. So you just don't get a credit for it. You don't know if you got a D or an F, and we're just not going to give you any credit for you. That's all. So at least there's that anyway. I mean, you're either going to get a good grade or you're going to get no credit, but you're not going to go know where you placed, how well you did or didn't do. Students who do not earn a passing grade in their course will be required to repeat the course to demonstrate proficiency. Well, at least they have to go back anyway. University's press release specify that there is a difference between receiving a failing grade and receiving a no credit. The no credit grade will not negatively impact the student's GPA. In other words, any course that students fail will be ignored and their GPA will only include scores received for classes where they did well. So if you were taking seven courses this semester and you failed six of them, but got a B in one course, then they'll just say, look at you, you got a B. And we just won't talk about the rest of it. So let's stop. This author here says, let's stop and think to ourselves who's really being served by a policy like this. Are the parents who pay for hefty tuition costs? Are the employers who only see that, oh, look, you got to be, but never see the bad things? Fox News reports that in the provision for the semester, 65% of the students who dropped out have received at least one F in their studies. So I don't think that's going to, their idea is, well, it's going to stop students from passing out, from, I'm sorry, passing out. It's going to stop students from dropping out. I don't think it's going to stop them from dropping out. They're still going to see, I didn't get any credit. I got to do it again. There's still a good opportunity that they're going to drop out. The moral of the story from where I'm sitting here is 
it's real simple, folks. Your school, and you just make sure your school, when you're sending your kids to a school, whether it's a public school, private school, element, you know, whatever it might be, your school should be focused on what the kids need to learn in order to get out into society and be successful in the business world, which is not woke ideology, but again, math, reading, writing, understanding critical thinking and true science, stuff like this. Get all the other garbage out of it. Just focus on what they're supposed to be focusing on. And if they don't do well, I'm all about getting them help. Now, I've told you before, I was someone who struggled through school for many years. Um, you, there's some people just think differently, and so they're going to need some kind of help, and that's okay. That's fine. But to not tell them how well they're doing or in order to fix failing grades in the school to spend a bunch of money to bring in someone who is an ideologue rather than an actual teacher. Again, where exactly are they going with this? So as a, I, the, the answer in part is to make sure that you're in a state that allows school choice. And then you can go ahead and decide, is that school delivering for you what you want for your kid? And you can decide whatever that is. That's why I'm in favor of school choices, for I'm in Wyoming and many other places as well. You get to take the money that's earmarked for your kid, and you choose what you think is best for your kid. And I know when I say that, uh, there's always somebody out there, you're trying to shut down public schools. If they're failing, yes. If the public school is doing great, then it'll succeed. But it's got to compete like everybody else. All right. For those who haven't heard yet, we've lost a country music great. Toby Keith died yesterday of stomach cancer. I ain't as good as I once was. I got a few years on me now. But there was a time back in my prime when I could really lay it down. If you need some love tonight, Listen to Glenn Woods anywhere you roam with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven twenty is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, so not a big surprise here, but all right. When Colorado started to release some wolves, just like when we started to, you know, put wolves into Wyoming, for example, you put some signs up so the wolves can see where they're supposed to stay, and the wolves don't seem to care. It's almost like they can't read or something. Here's a headline, Cowboy State Daily. Ranchers, not surprised, Colorado wolves already near Wyoming state line. Gosh, really? I thought we had explained to those wolves not to do that. I mean, wasn't that somebody's job? All right, here's the story. After about a month, just a month, in Colorado, wolves have wandered far and wide, including coming close to the Wyoming state line north of uh, Walden, Colorado. But that shouldn't come as a surprise. Colorado rancher told Cowboy State Daily, wolves will travel like 50 miles in a day. So he said, that doesn't surprise me at all. He opposes Colorado's wolf reintroduction and is backing a coalition that's suing to put a hold 
on further wolf releases. Meanwhile, Colorado Parks and Wildlife Department also isn't surprised by the distances wolves have covered in the weeks that they were released into north-central parts of the state. The uh, state's wolf reintroduction program is unfolding as planned. A spokesperson told Cowboy State Daily said the goal of Colorado Wolf Restoration and Management Plan is to create a viable and self-sustaining wolf population in Colorado. The distance the wolves have moved so far is consistent with what is anticipated with the plan. So Colorado range scientists recently told Cowboy State Daily that wolf uh, reintroduction programs can work. They rely mostly on non-lethal methods for protecting cattle. And that's where, as you know, we've had the same problem here in Wyoming. You want to reintroduce, okay, fine. Because there are some benefits to reintroducing. that's fine. Just keep in mind that if they get around somebody's livestock, and it's not just the cattle. I mean, how other, how many other things? Sheep is another one we can name. And there's other things people raise, of course. You already have a list in your head, right? And the wolves will, of course, go after that. So if somebody is raising some kind of animal out there and they see wolves in the area, they should be able to do something about that. That's where I've always uh, come down on this myself. You tell me if you have another idea, but my idea is you want to reintroduce them? Okay, go ahead, reintroduce them. But just keep in mind, they get around somebody's livestock of any kind. That person has a right to defend their livestock, so... Okay, wolves, the story says, skirting the Wyoming line could have great implications for Colorado's reintroduction program. Wolves in Colorado remain under federal endangered species protection and can't be hunted or killed by the general public. That's wolves in Colorado. Stark contrast, areas of Wyoming along the state line are part of the Cowboy State predator zone for wolves. So that means... They can be shot at any time. That means if any, if there were 10 wolves released in December on the range and they wandered too far north into Wyoming, they're in danger. Now, I don't know how, I guess putting up words in the English language don't mean a whole lot to a wolf. Is there any way someone can do uh, a picture of some kind? You know, like silhouettes, you know, like showing a cowboy shooting a wolf. Uh, maybe the wolves will understand that. Probably not. Okay, so he favors uh, some of the ranchers down in Colorado favor the Wyoming policy in regards, and, and some Wyoming ranchers recently said they're prepared to shoot wolves on site. So if I see a wolf around my property in Wyoming, say the ranchers, wolf is done. However, Colorado is confident that there's a buffer zone policy regarding wolf relief sites that will prevent any major setbacks. <clears throat> Quote, scientists have found that wolves released in Yellowstone and central Idaho in the mid-1990s moved substantial distances in the months immediately after the release. Average distance was about 50 miles ranging, uh, but it could be up to 140 miles total. But because of this release in Colorado occurred within 60 miles of the northern border of Wyoming and western border of Utah and southern border of New Mexico, as well as a similar buffer as required by tribes and sovereign tribal lands in Colorado. So their belief, I guess, is from what I'm reading here is that, yeah, when you release the wolves, they travel a certain distance, but then they tend to stay in a big area. 
And they're saying that they don't, it's not that they never do, but they don't tend to wander too far from that original area. Colorado, Colorado's Wolf Retention Program was initiated by Proposition 114, which Colorado voters passed in 2020 by the slimmest of margin, 50.91% to 49.09%. Although Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho refused to provide wolves to Colorado, Oregon eventually agreed to provide the first 10 wolves. So in December, the Colorado Parks agent released 10 wolves at an undisclosed remote location, Grand Summit, northern Colorado. So some are hailing that as a resounding success. Others objected, pointing out that, among other things, some of the wolves came from an Oregon pack with histories of attacking cattle. The next planned step is to release 15 more wolves in Colorado between December 2024 and March 2025. The Confederate tribes uh, in Washington state have agreed to provide the wolves in that case. So those wolves will come all the way from Washington state. Say, uh, W.L. In, in Crowheart. Canadian gray wolves, the illegal introduction of non-native species. Hmm. Well, what about these others that are coming all the way from Washington state? So there's also concern, the story says, the wolves could bring new parasites and disease, such as tapeworms. They've added that the effects of wolves on the economy and interests in for the tribe are adequately addressed as well. And there aren't any risk of... Well, gray wolves could pose to the 241 remaining Mexican wolves, New Mexico and Arizona, which could start filtering into Colorado, he said. A similar lawsuit brought by Colorado cattlemen failed in Denver, Denver courts. Uh, that case, they want to case moved to Grand Junction, Colorado. There's also objection to a watered-down ruling which puts Colorado wolves under federal protection and doesn't allow for adequate control of the predators. So, here again, I'm looking at the cowboys in Colorado right there on the border, which I'm glad, at least here in Wyoming, what I, what I just said moments ago is, if they cross the border into Wyoming and a rancher sees them, that Wyoming rancher has every right in Wyoming to just go ahead and shoot the wolf on sight because you're not getting near my livestock. And again, I, we, they keep saying cattle in the story, but I also think, as you know, it's not just cattle. There's so many other things that people raise, wild animals that wolves could go after. So, all right. Coming up on some local news, right after local news, update on the weather forecast. You and I get back into it. Don Watzel is going to join me from day weather at 745 because the weather gets quite a bit wetter, a bit cooler, but quite a bit wetter over the next few days as one front after the next small front just kind of keep moving into the area. So we'll talk about that coming up at 745. 888-97 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 
1236 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, so if you like listening to programs like this, and this is not an ad for programs like this, but I, feel, I, I do appreciate that so many people tune in even before I get on the air at 6 o'clock in the morning and stick with the entire program. And then a lot of people go back and listen to the show later as a podcast. That's great. It's difficult in this business. CNN just canceled yet another failed morning show. Now, the reason I bring this up, it's very difficult. Think about over the years, whatever you listen to when you get up in the morning, it's changed a lot, right? It's really unusual to find a program that lasts a long, long time. Some shows do. But it's also because we evolve. Our tastes evolve. Technology evolves. But CNN has just been getting worse. They really have. Here's the story. At CNN this morning, that's the name of the program, launched to dreadful ratings in November of 2022. The disaster succeeded New Day, which was its own disaster because everything associated with CNN tends to be a disaster these days. The most recent morning ratings, CNN this morning, ranked number 49 in all cable news. Wow. Now, number 49 with all cable news. They were the network that started it all as far as 24-hour cable news network. They were it. They led the way. And they've just been getting worse. And they can't seem to figure out what you folks want to listen to or watch in the morning. With an average viewership of only 317,000 people, average, okay, the three shows on Newsmax TV earn more viewers. So think about it. Newsmax TV is out doing CNN. That's got to drive CNN crazy. Because Newsmax is supposed to be small. Just some little pff, network off to the side. I mean, who really watches news? Newsmax in some programs beats out CNN. Yeah, and, and it's hard to get Newsmax. For those who do watch Newsmax, where do you get it from? Because I know they've had a hard time getting spot on cable television in general. But that doesn't really seem to matter. There's a lot of ways to get around that now, but okay. The story says the only good part for CNN this morning was the personal drama involving three co-hosts. Don Lemon was one. Uh, Caitlin Nurse Ratchet Collins and Proppy Harlow. Uh, so it was snits, ego trips, stupidity, drama, and conflict, apparently. And, of course, because this is CNN, a nonstop avalanche of fake news, conspiracy theories, misinformation, and lies. And so it just completely bombed in the ratings. All right. Don Lemon ended up getting fired. Nurse Ratchet failed her way uh, into the primetime gig where she continues to fail, attracting very few viewers. I mean, again, there's people on Newsmax getting more viewers than she gets. I have no idea what's going to happen to Poppy Harlow. Uh, with that name, she might want to join a commune. I mean, it sounds strum guitars. It kind of sounds that way. But maybe it's a cool name. I don't know. <clears throat> and now CNN this morning is no more. Uh, and what's CNN genuine plan to salvage that time of the morning? So get a load of this. Casey... Joyless Hunt, who currently anchors the hour before CNN this morning, along with Early Start, with uh, expected her anchoring job, well, is going to expand. They're going to expand her hour. Hunt's Early Start attracted only about 180,000 viewers in January. 
They're going to expand it anyway. The second hour of CNN this morning will be filled by an expanded hour of a program that followed CNN News Central, which got about 496,000 viewers last month, mostly because of its time slot. Okay. <clears throat> but here again, I, I look at it and I just go, CNN is just failing, and they fail to understand why they're failing. And a lot of it has been, yeah, okay, the the politics, the lies, the MSNBC is doing even worse, but for the same reason. For those who remember, let's go back a ways. For those who are old enough to remember when MTV started, and MTV was music television. It was basically a radio station or on television, really, with VJs instead of DJs, right? And we love that. I don't know what they're even doing today. It has nothing to do with music, but okay. CNN started off as just news. That's all they did. They just went to wherever the news was happening and showed you what was happening. Then they became talk television. And let's take a look at what they're doing now. Yeah, I think they left news behind a long time ago, and so their viewers left them behind a long time ago. All right. We've lost a country music legend. Toby Keith died yesterday after a two-year-long battle with stomach cancer. Red Solo Cup, I fill you up. Let's have a party, let's have a party. I love you, Red Solo Cup. I lift you up, proceed to party. He's not a politician, but his pants are on fire. Could someone grab an extinguisher? Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go today. Weather to talk to Don. What's all about the weather? So, okay, I'm going to say enjoy what we have while we can because it looks like it's getting cooler and wetter. Cooler and wetter, but not really an overabundance of either of those. Yes, we will be dropping our temperatures as the week unfolds. And rain and snow showers are returning to the picture. Uh, western areas of Wyoming still getting some snowfall activity and will continue to do so over the next several days because we just have this big trough in the western United States and it's got a lot of moisture and energy to it. It will be shifting eastward starting uh, probably tonight into Wednesday and Thursday and eventually some of that rain and snowfall will be drifting eastward over the plains. It looks like when I look at the forecast that seesaw of back and forth between really unseasonable warm and really really cold is settling down. Yeah, we're we're, we're kind of evening things out a little bit. Um, when we talk about cooler temps, we're mainly talking 30s and 40s on the plains Thursday and Friday and some areas will even stay in the 20s as we get into this weekend so uh, 20s and 30s many areas that seasonal to slightly below average um, thankfully it doesn't look like any massive arctic spells are on the horizon so that's good news uh, but yeah we're going to kind of level the playing field a little bit okay and of course people are always worried around this time of year we got to get that snowpack up now I know that in western Wyoming that's fine it looks like to me but i guess bighorns and you know way, way on over to the black hills could use a little bit of help from from what i see 
Yeah, could could use a little help, and they'll get some. I mean, not much. I mean, think you know, we'll get some minor accumulating snows over the Black Hills and Bighorns uh, Wednesday and Thursday. But again, yeah, a lot of it's going to be taken in the west, especially the uh, western slopes of Colorado. They're going to get hit with massive snow over the next couple of days. So a lot of it's going to be in the west and southwest. We'll get a little help here, but uh, if you want really beneficial snowfall, it's probably going to be a while yet. Okay. It has been a big difference because I got over the weekend, I got a little bit of rain, you know, some flurries came down. That was about it. And then some of uh, my listeners in Laramie said, oh, no, 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 no. We got about eight inches of snow here. So it was a big difference. Yeah, big difference. And a lot of it depended on terrain, winds, and upslope. And the Laramie Valley did uh, did benefit from northwesterly winds to get some of that moderate snow. Uh, east of the Laramie Range, Cheyenne got uh, some snow, some wet snow late Saturday morning through the afternoon. So, yeah, again, it was uh, kind of dependent on where you were at All right. over the weekend. Right. So, yep. Thank you, Don. I appreciate your help. So, once again, Don Watzel with your forecast. I think that we do have tomorrow Don Day is back off. We go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. So, you might have heard by now we unfortunately lost Toby Keith. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. he had stomach cancer. <clears throat> yeah, a couple of years have gone by. Now, I am never one to follow celebrities or particular bands or musicians and so on. But I started this morning taking a look at the number of hits that he had. Uh, more than a few. Oh, my Lord, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, and number one hits, I mean, there's like 21 number one hits. And then a whole bunch of others just, just hit the top of the charts for him, which did really well. So, okay, I was first introduced to him, my memory, 1993, should have been a cowboy. Yep. Okay. Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. Yep. That was a good one. Mm -hmm. I love the song As Good As I Once Was. That's a good one, too. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, that was a great song. Beer In fact, for Your Horses. That's another one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whiskey for My Men, mm -hmm. Beer for My Horses. He sings that with Willie Nelson. That was a great song. Mm -hmm. uh, How Do You Like Me Now? Mm -hmm. That was a good one. I Want to Talk About Me. Let me see. Uh, ain't Worth Missing. Who's Your Daddy? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bullets in the Gun. I have to go back and listen to that one. Uh, I love this bar. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. That was a huge hit for him. And, see, this is what I liked about the way he wrote his music. Most of what he wrote about, everybody who listened to him could totally relate. Yeah. Do you know that he started out as a oil field worker in Oklahoma? Oh, I had no idea. And, you know, they, they, he made some money and then he didn't save any money, you know, yeah. so he decided to go do something else. Then he played um, indoor um, indoor football. With the Oklahoma City had no idea. Um, team that they had there. And then said, you know what? I'm going to go do something else and ended up in Nashville. And look at that. You know? Wow. Okay. I had no idea he ever did any of those things. Okay. Let me see. Red Solo Cup. That's what I <laughs> That's just a huge. And then another thing I like is a lot of his songs have that uh, sense of humor in it. Like, I didn't know this was him singing it, but... I'll never smoke weed with Willie again. <laughs> a song about smoking weed with Willie Nelson, and after he did that once, he went, you know, <laughs> El Paso. Right? Yes, that's <laughs> just a bad idea. And what's funny, really, is if you go back and listen to that song, 
it depends on which version of it you listen to, but he sings that song with Willie Nelson, which, <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of people laughing in the background as he, so the guy definitely had a sense of humor. When I was just watching part of the video, uh, not as good as I once was, the beginning of the song, there's a couple of girls, which is a fantasy, of course, in a country bar. Of course. He's the only cowboy in there, and yeah. they want to both take him home. And in the video, you see him turning his back for just a moment and dropping a little blue pill in his hand. <laughs> there you go. Men's college basketball tonight. The Wyoming Cowboys will be at home this evening in Laramie to take on 25th rated New Mexico. The Pokes are trying to bounce back from that dreadful shooting performance uh, in their road loss to UNLV back on Saturday when they were 4 of 25 from the three-point line. And what's weird is that UW is actually pretty good from three. They shoot 38%. So the Cowboys are 12 and 10 overall, 5 and 4 in Mountain West play. It's kind of still one of those deals. They win some and they lose some and they win some and they lose some. New Mexico is 6 and 3 in league play, 18 and 4 overall, and the Lobos pounded the Cowboys in Albuquerque earlier this season. So we'll see what tonight brings. That's a 6.30 start tonight from the Arena Auditorium, and we'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Women's College Basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls will host Utah State and Laramie tomorrow. The Cowgirls escape the seven-point win over Nevada back on Saturday. So they've won eight of ten Mountain West Conference games. They're 13-8 overall. Utah State is the worst team in the league at 1-9 and nine with an overall mark of 4-17. and 17. And as a 6-30 start from Laramie tomorrow. Boys high school basketball from over the weekend. First on Friday, the number one rated team in 4A, Cheyenne Central, beating the Trona 73-72 in overtime. And Laramie, the number two rated team, uh, beat, Thunder, beat Thunder Basin 80-63. Cheyenne East over Sheridan 75-69. Kelly Wall over Evanston 49-39 and Campbell County beat Cheyenne South 67-53. Upton over KC 75-32. Dubois beat Midwest 64-42. Wright over Glenrock 70-36 and Douglas beat Burns 79-20. Then on Saturday Cheyenne Central improved the 17-0 with a 78-58 win over Sheridan. East over uh, Natrona 65-47. East is 14-4 and Natrona is 12-3. Kelly Walsh got the 7-9 with a 64-56 win over Green River. Laramie's 13 and 2 beating Campbell County 69-46. Glenrock 5 and 7 after a 70-52 win over Moorcroft. Midwest over Arveda Claremont 67-34. The Oilers are 4 and 9 and KC drops to 3 and 13. They lost to Burlington 38-27. Boys High School swimming from over the weekend. Casper Kelly Walsh played host to the 4A West Regional Meet. Laramie plays first with 385 points. Kelly Walsh second with 345. Natrona was fourth with 128. The 4A East Regionals were in Gillette, Cheyenne Central took second with 274 points. East was fourth with 166. Cheyenne South sixth with 101. South Swimmer, uh, so the 3A and 4A state swimming meet will be on next, not this Thursday, next Friday and Saturday, but next Thursday, Friday and Saturday in Laramie. I'm looking at the video here for the song Beer for My Horses, <laughs> and there he is singing with Willie Nelson. Again, yeah. And, yeah, and I'm thinking, Willie Nelson's outliving everybody. How's that possible? <laughs> See, he's living proof that, yes. that, that we can't be that bad. No, it's like when you look at the Rolling Stones. And <laughs> they're, every- they're in their in the late 70s and 80s. Yes, and they're still doing it. Yeah. So, all right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on, no, Willie Nelson's going to outlast everybody. Okay. Coming up on some local business we have to go through. Uh, national news, local news update on one of the forecasts. And then it's open phones after that. 888 woods 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming. For the plan.
8.06 time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, I'm going to be doing a little bit of topic hopping. And if I do that, that means we've reached the open phone segment. Today's show is sponsored by Squid Flavored Donuts. Bringing the flavor of the ocean to your breakfast pastry. I remember the more icing you put on that, the better you'll be able to tolerate the flavor of squid first thing in the morning. Which my, I just can't imagine that that goes well with a good cup of coffee or orange juice. I just can't imagine. Anyway, open phones. Here we go. It's a dangerous time on this program. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. <laughs> 888-97 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. So now, um, <clears throat> apparently, somebody needs to head way down south. I mean, way down to Antarctica and have a little conversation with those penguins because they're supposed to be all dead by now. So put on your respirator and let's fix that generator. While we're out, we'll mend our fences, too. See, I'm not afraid of dying. Just got reasons for surviving. I want one more day in the apocalypse with you. Yeah, the cult of climate change. Oh, penguin population is supposed to be near gone. We're not supposed to have any ice at the North Pole in the summertime, uh, northern hemisphere summertime, and the polar bear population is supposed to be dead by now. And none of that has happened. None of it. Here's the latest. So Aussie scientists struggling to well, present good news as grim because it wasn't supposed to happen this way. So these little penguins living on Phillip Island off Australia's southern coast are um, really getting it on so much so that there's now more than 40,000 of them. Well, look at this way. If you're on a little island like that, there's nothing to do. There's no resorts, not even television or internet. I mean, what do you do with yourself? And you're a penguin. Well, I guess there's only one thing to do. For entertainment? What else? And so now they're having a bunch of little babies. Okay, so Phillips Island, little penguin colony, is growing, it says, as rising sea temperatures lead to more fish. Hold on. Rising sea temperatures were supposed to be doomsday. But it says here that rising sea temperatures are leading to more fish. All right. With more energy, the animals are mating twice each season often with different partners. <gasps> oh, God. That, they have different partners. Don't tell them that they're fooling around on each other. I, I don't know how it works among scientists. Usually, with this particular species of penguin, they mate for life, but not anymore. Oh, my God, the divorce rate. It says here, climate scientists warn... 
It's important to look at the full picture. Well, okay, let's take a look at the full picture. Apparently, because they say they say warming seas, which leads to more fish. Now that I don't know about you, that sounds good to me. More fish means the penguins get to eat more. And it's nicer out. It's a bit warmer, they say. That's what they claim. So between nicer temperatures and more food, they start to party. Story says, as sea surface temperatures have increased, so too has the numerous fish swimming in surrounding waters. Phillips Island, nature parks, marine scientists associate, and they talk about all the different people involved with the studies here, uh, say the penguins have had more time and energy to mate. Uh, one professor, director of the Melbourne Biodiversity Institute and lead counselor at the Biodiversity Council, said shifts in one part of the ecosystem have impacts elsewhere. Ecosystems are big and concentrated. See, now they have to make it sound bad. If you're seeing changes in one animal or plant species, you can absolutely be sure that it's going to be having an impact on hundreds of other species. Well, that's true, but that's not necessarily bad. But they got to try to make it sound bad, you know, because what they had said was that penguin population was going to die out. The opposite is that. All right. So the author of this article says, I, th I think I understand this climate change thing now. He says, when a species mass die-off occurs, climate change is blamed. But when conditions of change cause populations to boom, scientists warn about a mass die-off. So either way, I mean, if, if they all start dying off, if the penguin population is dying off, that's bad. Something has to be done about it to save the planet. But if instead we have a boom in population, that's bad. And something needs to be done about it. Okay, so what are the long-term prospects for our penguin friends out there? This author says, I don't expect record populations to continue uninterrupted. Really big um, concentrations of a single species are a disease magnet. There's other problems, no doubt. Disease, yeah, yeah, things can happen. Uh, so the population will have a bit of a peak, then it'll draw down. And as it draws down, of course, everybody's going to be blaming climate change, human-caused climate change for the whole thing. So here again, you can't win, right? No matter what, you can't win. Personally, I feel really good for it. Not just the fish, fish population is booming down there. Again, they say because of warmer weather, warmer waters, which was supposed to be a bad thing. But how is that bad? Sounds good for the fish. And it's not just the penguins that are enjoying the fish. There's all sorts of other species out there that would have been enjoying all those fish too. Which means looking beyond the penguin population, what other species are looking out there going, wow, more food? I mean, the more food, the better, right? Okay, so good for the fish population, good for the penguins, good for everything else down there because warmer oceans and weather in general led to a bigger population. Now, remember what I've told you before on this. This is not hard to figure out. When we take a look at Earth going back, what we can tell going way back, there was a time when Earth was much warmer and had more CO2 in the air, hmm? which led to a population boom. Now, 
warmer weather wasn't because of the CO2. We, there's been times when Earth has had much warmer weather and the CO2 was lower. There's been times when Earth has been frozen over and the CO2 level was high. So the CO2 level has nothing to do with it. But still, at, a, at those times when the Earth was warmer and there was a higher CO2 level, life was booming on planet Earth. And as you can see, part of that here, just by taking a look at that penguin population as just one example. All right, we have lost a country music legend, Toby Keith. And so many great songs came out of him, including... That justice is the one thing you should always find. You gotta saddle up your boys, you gotta draw a hard line. When the gun smoke settles, we'll sing a victory tune And we'll all meet back at the local salute We'll raise up our glasses against evil forces Singing whiskey for my men, beer for my horses Live and local, all across Wyoming Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio Join in at 888-97-WOODS Or the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app 820 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, phone's open. 888-97-WOODS. That's 888-97-WOODS. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. And I know I got a lot of different topics going on this morning, but there was a lot going on. So I decided, let's just go ahead and uh, review it all. So, Nikki Haley or none of the above. If you're in Nevada in the GOP primary, okay, here's how, the, and it doesn't award delegates. Here's the story. Nikki Haley, the last remaining rival of frontrunner Donald Trump for the Republican presidential nomination, is set to win Nevada's primary Tuesday. But it will be, uh, the story says, a hollow victory for Trump. He'll secure all of the state's delegates in a separate caucus on Thursday. So President Joe Biden is expected to easily win Tuesday's Democrat primary after dominating his party's first nominating, you know, and he's not even running. I mean, the thing about it, both the front runners here haven't really done anything. Not really. I mean, Trump is always doing rallies, you know, of course. Uh, but really, Trump didn't enter any of the debates. And other than his usual rallies, you know, he has people I know on the ground, you know, and he's running advertising, but he's not really out there. And neither is Biden. Kind of an unusual election. Now, I did see a story where Trump says to Biden, I want to debate now. Trump wants to debate Biden like right now. Now, of course, Biden's not going to go for that right now, but that, that's where they are. Neither of them are really out there. So, okay, for Republican voters in Nevada, Tuesday, that's today, state-run Republican ballot. Only has former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley and former governor, she is as well, as a major candidate. She is therefore all but guaranteed to win, but it's largely meaningless. Now, that's because only candidates participating in a Senate, I'm sorry, separate Republican caucus on Thursday can compete for the state's 26 delegates to the Republican National Convention in July when the party formally nominates candidates. So the rival caucus is being run by the Trump-friendly state party, and only Trump is on the ballot there, not Nikki. So Nikki is showing up to win today in Nevada, which she doesn't get any delegates out of that. Trump is going for the caucus, but for some reason Nikki's not involved in the caucus. 
Nevada, you're weird. Just so you know. You guys knew that, though. Okay, so the rival caucus, Trump-friendly, the Trump is the only one on the ballot, almost certainly guaranteed him uh, victory on Thursday. So that happens this Thursday. And he'll get all the state's delegates. Voters can participate in both the Republican primary on Tuesday and the Republican caucus on Thursday. In Thursday's Republican primary, there's a none-of-the-above option. Joe Lombardo, the state's Republican governor and Trump supporter, has said he will vote none of the above on Tuesday today and caucus for Trump on Thursday, meaning Haley's main challenger Tuesday will likely be Trump supporters making a none of the above on their ballot. This is going to be interesting when I get here on Wednesday morning to take a look at what's happening in Nevada. How many people voted for Nikki Haley and how many people voted none of the above? So it says here the competing Republican ballots are a result of a conflict between the state Republican Party run by Trump allies and the 2021 state law that mandates primaries must be held. That's why we wind up in the situation in Nevada. And so presidential nomination caucuses are run by state political parties, not the state. And the Trump-friendly Nevada Republican Party decided to stick with the caucus. Now, here's something that I've always uh, I've always preferred. You know how I like to get government out of things. When it comes time for a political party to pick their candidate, I would prefer that government just stay out of it. I know you go to the polls, you vote, all that kind of stuff, but keep the government and their rules out of it. The party gets to pick their candidate however the party wants to pick their candidate. If they want you, the members of the party, to vote, cool. If they want to have a caucus, fine. They used to do it in a smoke-filled back room. They would go there, smoke a bunch of cigars, and talk about who they want to run. And those would be the high-up mucky mucks of the political party, and they would select someone and, and present them to the party. Here's who we're running. So we do a little bit different today, but I would prefer that the government stay out of it. And that would also help here in Wyoming, as we have people who hop parties, Democrats, jump to Republican to vote in the Republican primary and then jump back. Okay, that would prevent that if Democrats were to show up. Sorry, you're a Democrat. You can't do that. I would prefer that. But all right, reading on here. Story says Trump is close to clinching a Republican presidential nomination after back-to-back wins Iowa, New Hampshire, and the and Biden is setting their sights on each other ahead of a likely general election. So we're going to have a repeat. Haley is vowing to stay in the Republican nomination race and a potential last stand in her home state of South Carolina, February 24th. But she has no clear path to nomination at this point. So, all right, on that note. We've had people on call this program and say that they would just, Nikki Haley just needs to drop out. Well, my thought is, hey, look, if she wants to stay in, stay in. If she wants to drop out, drop out. If she's allowed to do what she wants to do, she's a free woman in a free country. She can make her own decision. Here's what I don't like. Story in front of me says, Nikki Haley has applied for U.S. Secret Service protection because of threats she is facing as the only remaining GOP presidential candidate, competing with former President Donald Trump for a primary's nomination. Haley's campaign spokesperson said that the campaign did not detail when requests were made, but there's been threats. There were reports on two swatting incidents in recent months, 
at Haley's home in South Carolina. Swatting, that's essentially when someone calls the police and says, this horrible thing is happening at this house. And the police have no choice but to show up because they got a call of something horrible happening. And nothing was going on, but it calls all, all the police have to show up. Haley was recently asked about her heightened security presence at the event, telling reporters in Columbia, South Carolina last week that when you do something like this, you get threats. It's just really that's it, she said. Part of running for public life, she said, is you got to deal with threats that are there. And that's not going to deter me, she said. So does it mean we have to put a few more bodies around us? Well, she said, that's fine. Story says Haley had heightened security presence with her roughly for about a week now. The Secret Service provides protection only after it's authorized by the Secretary of Homeland Security, who consults with congressional advisory committees. So on May uh, 2007, Senator Barack Obama was placed under protection after a congressional committee recommended giving the rising number of threats against him when he was running for president. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. had also requested Secret Service protection, uh, but he uh, he's not received it. So I, I know, by the way, I did hear you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running. I did hear on some of the radio stations that carry this program a Robert F. Kennedy commercial. Now, I don't know if it was a national commercial or a local commercial. But, yeah, Robert F. Kennedy is still out there trying to get some traction and run as basically as an independent. So, okay, there's another candidate out there. It'd be interesting. I'll get with you tomorrow as to what happens as far as the vote in Nebraska, which doesn't matter because even if Nikki Haley wins all of that, she doesn't get any delegates out of it. It's just a, a weird situation they have it in Nevada. But. All right, coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Going to roll into news time after that national local update on your weather forecast. It is open phones, so triple eight ninety seven Woods. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Wake up, Wyoming. on local politics or something like that. Tune in weekdays 6 to 10 a.m. to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Time is 8.36. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's okay. It's open phone. So triple eight ninety seven Woods is the number so you can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. That's fine with me. I'll just kind of roll with the whole thing. So the Super Bowl's coming up. As, as you know, if you're a regular listener to this program, I really don't follow sports. I watched one Super Bowl in my life, and that's because I was living in the Tampa Bay area. And the stadium for the Buccaneers was not far from where I lived. So I thought, well, they are right there. And they had been, they just sucked. They were like, oh, for two decades. They finally make it into a Super Bowl. And I thought, well, hell, okay, I guess I'll watch it. So, yeah, I, I paid attention barely to the game because, again, I just, I'm sorry, guys, it just, I, I can't focus. I get bored. 
watching sports. But I have in the past tuned into Super Bowl ads, and now I don't have to do that anymore because those ads are on YouTube. So if I want to watch great Super Bowl ads, after the Super Bowl, I go sit down in front of a computer and just click. I just ask YouTube, Super Bowl ads for this year's Super Bowl. And somebody put it together a compilation video, and I can watch them all. That's it. Now, this year... Super Bowl ads, are they're going to try to avoid woke politics to try to appease their customers. I mean, you've seen what happens. It's what I've said many times before. When you're selling a product, don't get politically or socially involved. Just sell your product. That was a big mistake that Bud Light made. Don't pick sides in anything, Bud. Just sell beer. A typical... Bud Light commercials should show people having a great time, whether they're at the beach or at a backyard or wherever the case they are. They're just people having a good time. Don't try to virtue signal anything. Just people having a good time. And then the beer shows up, and now it's a great time. See, that's it. That's a beer commercial. Just do that. Because the moment you try to virtue signal anything, you're making people mad. And I don't care if it's virtue signal left or right or wherever. Just sell your product. Well, okay. Some of these advertisers have learned this lesson. So the story here says, This Sunday, Super Bowl viewers at home will reportedly see far fewer commercials promoting woke politics as advertisers try to avoid alienating customers who are already being pummeled by, well, pummeled by woke commercials in general. Now, I don't know what that means. That, it sounds to me like it's not that you're going to have no woke commercial. That one said far fewer. Corporations are playing it safe, it says, relying on humor and non-controversial celebrities. Well, that's good. Life generally is more difficult for customers. This is a quote. They are more constrained, said Michael Desing, the vice president of Oreo Corporation for Oreo Cookies. And he told uh, an outlet that Oriole will have commercials during the Sunday game, and it's just going to be about great cookies. Okay. He said, I think you'll see those brands that lean into nostalgia and humor and emotion at the Super Bowl will be brands that resonate with the customers. Corporations are more at risk, says the story, advertising than ever. Quote, advertisers are very aware that things can go wrong in the Super Bowl. So they're trying to be careful. Thanks to social media, he said, markets realize that any ad can manage to annoy people and there can be a backlash quickly. A 30-second spot for this CBS broadcast this Sunday, $7 million for 30 seconds. Now, that's where uh, Frank Gambino and I were talking about that earlier. There are some companies you will see multiple companies will get together and split that. So you might have a 30-second ad with like three or four companies all sharing in the ad. And a lot of shorter commercials, like 10, 15-second commercials, whatever they can squeeze in there. Now, on the one hand, it's good news that not all of, but many of the commercials are just going to avoid any kind of controversy. Again, that, that's a good thing for their product, and it doesn't annoy you. But then there's this. This story here says the Super Bowl will again feature two national anthems. Now, that's annoying. All right. <clears throat> Just have one national anthem that unifies America. 
no matter where you're from, no matter what your political or social ideas are, we can all agree on the idea of America. That's another program that I ought to do at some point. What is the idea of America? Honestly, what is it? Because it gets distorted as to what that idea really is. What is the idea of America? Because oftentimes what you're told about America is not true. And no, we haven't always lived up to the idea or the ideal. We've made our mistakes. But that idea and that ideal is a great thing. And so that's what we ought to come together as, as much as we disagree on so many things, we can at least come together on the freedom and liberty idea, right? So it says this coming Sunday at the most widely viewed sporting event in America, the Super Bowl, the National Football League will feature the singing of Lift Every Voice and Sing, the song first known as the Negro National Anthem. That's what it was originally called and now known as the Black National Anthem. I don't give the names. I'm just reading what it says here. In order to ensure that uh, those present at the game and more than 100 million people watching on television can't avoid hearing it, uh, the uh, Black National Anthem will, according to the schedule uh, that I've seen anyway, be played after the actual National Anthem of the United States. If that's the case, this will presumably be done in order to and also ensure that everyone is still standing and singing. The NFL probably fears that some of those attending, says the author of this article, uh, might just decide not to attend a game, specifically those who possess two increasingly rare traits, love America and courage, says this author, might not rise for a different national anthem. They want the American national anthem. So, okay. Again, I'm reading from the author here. This is from PJ Media. Dennis, oh, Dennis Prager is writing this. Okay, Dennis Prager says, how destructive a decision performing two national anthems at a sporting event So what you're doing is dividing, is essentially what he's saying here, rather than all coming together under one song. Whether before or after the national anthem can be summarized this way. Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, is among a few Americans of whom will one day be said that he seriously damaged America. In 2021, writes Dennis Prager, the Washington Times noted, under Roger Goodell, the NFL has gone far beyond the kneeling episodes is doubling down on social justice in addition to uh, painting more slogans in the end zones on uh, players' helmets. And the leaves will be donated about $250 million to different causes, including woke causes, things like that. So here's what we're dealt with. On the one hand, you will have fewer commercials that are trying to push an ideology or an agenda. That's good. On the other hand, the National Football League wants to take a little bit of time to push an ideology and an agenda. (sighs) Can we just play football? Ladies and gentlemen, we lost a great country music artist. Toby Keith died of cancer last night. And I will always do my duty, no matter what the price. I've counted up the cost.
polish off that tin hat. No need it for this one. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Available on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Forty-eight's the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off to the ice box we go. Frank Gambino hanging by. So, Frank, uh, you being a single guy, uh, do you do dishes? I have a dishwasher. Okay. Um, so the dishwasher yeah. does the dishes. Okay. I actually have to put them in there. Yeah, see, now, I oftentimes argue with people that today, I've had people complain, well, I hate doing laundry. You don't do laundry. I do. No, no, the machine does the laundry. Well, I got to put it in there. You put it in there. And, and then I'm you, not separating and, the reds from the whites oh, or anything. God, Everything yeah. goes in. And no, it shows. It. it shows, Frank. It really does. So anyway, uh, then, then the hard part is you have to take it out of one machine and put it into the other. I know. It's, it's like a, a, a foot. Jeez, and then and you got to get all that lint out of there. Do you you, know, wait, it, it, wait, it used to be wait. in my belly button. Now oh, it's God, in now thing. it's in there. Do you fold your clothes? Well, well. as best I can. <laughs> okay. But you see, that's not doing laundry. Doing laundry is back when you had to make your own soap, right? Well, and then get out there and gone. scrub and then hang them on the line. That was Doing laundry took all day. Oh, no. And then, and then you had to take it in a bucket down to the river. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, and it was physical. Yes, the river. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was physical labor back then. All right. I say all this because I came across this. There's a lady who looks like she's relaxing in her living room and it said, threw, a, threw Tupperware out yesterday because I didn't want to clean it. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'll raise my hand to that one. Yeah. I think I've because, done Because, you know that. what? Yeah. You just can't get those spots out of there. No, sometimes Tupperware just stains. You know, so, you know, I look at it like if I give it two attempts. Yeah. And it doesn't work. It's out. Goodbye. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. Do you ever take, uh, like, plastic spoons and forks and wash them by hand to use them again? No, I put them in the dishwasher. Oh, oh it doesn't melt in there? Your plastics? No. Okay. No. Right, I've never tried that before. I was but, afraid but, that... But, but I'll, I'll tell you this. Not yeah. all plastic spoons, forks, and knives are the same. That's true. Some are cheap. I hate it. They break and they bend. Yes. I hate it when people hand me plastic knives, spoons, and forks, and they call it silverware. I call it a, you're going you're gonna to use this or use your hands. It's yeah, your right. It's not, there's nothing silver about that. Don't tell me that's high-end stuff. That's not high-end stuff. That's plasticware, which is okay. You ever do this? Because I do this a lot. I go to make something like a sandwich or some other kind of food. And if I can put it on a paper towel instead of a plate, I do that. I have paper plates. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Then you don't have to do dishes. Exactly. Men's college basketball tonight. The Wyoming Cowboys will be at home in Laramie to meet uh, 25th rated New Mexico. Pokes are trying to uh, bounce back from a really awful shooting performance in their road loss to UNLV on Saturday when they went 4 of 25 from the three-point line. And what's really weird is that UW is actually fairly good from the three. They shoot 38%. So the Cowboys are 12 and 10 overall, 5 and 4 in Mountain West play. They've just been a kind of a middle-of-the-road team, win some, lose some. New Mexico is 6 and 3 in league play, 18 and 4 overall. And the Lobos pounded the Cowboys in Albuquerque earlier this season. So we'll see what tonight brings. That's a 6.30 start from the Arena Auditorium. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. In women's college hoops, the Wyoming Cowgirls will host Utah State tomorrow night in Laramie. Cowgirls escape with a seven-point win over Nevada back
back on Saturday, so they're 8-2 at Mountain West Play, 13-8 overall. Utah State is the worst team in the league at 1-9 with no in-league play and an overall mark of 4-17. 6.30 start, start tomorrow, tomorrow night from Laramie. Boys high school basketball from over the weekend. First on Friday, number, the number one team in 4A, Cheyenne Central, beat the number three rated team in Natrona in overtime. 73-72. Laramie rated second over Thunder Basin, 80-63. Campbell County beat Cheyenne South, 67-53. In overtime, Cheyenne East over Sheridan, 75-69. Kelly Walsh beat Evanston, 49-39. Upton over KC, 75-32. Dubois beat Midwest, 64-42. Wright over Glenrock, 70-36. Douglas over Burns, 79-20. On Saturday, Cheyenne Central approved the 17-0 with a win over Sheridan. Cheyenne East over in the Trona, 65 547. So East is 14 and 4, and the Trona is 12 and 3. Kelly Walsh gets to 7 and 9 on the year with a 64 56 win over Green River. Laramie 13 and 2. They defeated Campbell County 69 46. Glenrock is 5 and 7, beating Moorcroft 70 to 52. Midwest over Arveda Claremont 67 34. And Burlington beat Casey 38 to 27. In boys high school swimming, Casper Kelly Walsh hosted the 4A West Regional Meet over the weekend. Laramie placed first with 385 points. Kelly Walsh second with 345, and the Toronto was fourth with 128. The 4A East Regionals were in Gillette. Cheyenne Central took second with 274 points. East was fourth with 166, and Cheyenne South was sixth with 101. South swimmer Kayla Brewer won two events for the Bison in that meet. The state 3A and 4A swimming meet will be next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in Laramie. So, now I don't want you to give any names out because that would give it away. Are there certain Wyoming teams that you secretly root for? No. Okay. All right, that's a good answer there. No, I don't. I kind of, Every, everyone's the same. Every, everybody's the same. Okay. Everybody's the same. <clears throat> okay. I just kind of wondered if you just nope, had hopes nope. for somebody. But nope, I do not. Okay. Thank you, Frank. That's a good answer. All right. So I just kind of wondered, does he ever show up and think, oh, gosh, I hope they win? I don't think I could be that way, but he's definitely that way. He just covers sports. All right. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into the news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Open phones. Wake up, Wyoming. Sixth of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Tuesday. It's Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods for the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Well, it turns out something has toxic waste that you were told was clean and green. Hang on, I'll tell you. Today's show is sponsored by Squid Flavored Donuts, bringing the flavor of the ocean to your breakfast pastry. Put enough of the, uh, you know, nice icing on top of that. And you might be able to get away with, but don't have any orange juice with it. It's just not going to work out. Okay, so you're told that so many things are clean, green, and sustainable, and so on. And I keep telling you that that's not the case, and I point out how, for example, wind and solar, you got to create toxic waste to create those things and toxic waste to dispose of them. Okay, well, headline, Tesla settles hazardous waste lawsuit in California. Really? 
That's <laughs> okay. <clears throat> well, you were told that those electric vehicles... Let's, okay, let's get into the story. You were told this stuff was clean and green and sustainable. Tesla has agreed to pay $1.5 million to settle a lawsuit filed by California counties over hazardous waste violation at its factories in the state. I want people out there who like the idea of electric cars, and that's okay. You know, if, if you want new technology, here's all I ever ask of electric cars or any other technology, wind, solar, whatever. No subsidies and be honest about it. Don't pretend, like for example, you know, with, with electric cars, well, they're, they're clean and good for the environment. No, they're not. If, if that's what you've been led to believe, you've been lied to. There's, they're not good for the environment. And if you were to answer me by saying, well, neither is the internal combustion, I didn't say it was. But don't tell me that your car is and mine isn't, because that just isn't true. All right, so let's take a look at this. The violations stem from allegedly careless treatment of hazardous chemicals, paint, yeah, batteries, Okay, uh, but Elon Musk, who in general, for the most part, I like Elon Musk, but then he says this. What America really needs is to take care of the environment is a carbon tax. Oh, God. Now that he and I can have a fist fight about. Reuters reports that Tesla agreed to pay $1.5 million to settle the lawsuit by 25 California counties, accusing the electric vehicle manufacturer of mishandling hazardous waste at its facility. Now, this can't be true. Well, how does uh, the electric car have hazardous waste? Gosh, but it's supposed to be green. All right. The settlement was approved on Thursday, just two days after the county sued Tesla. Uh, two days? Yeah, okay. And the lawsuit claimed that Tesla improperly labeled waste materials, <clears throat> not just paint, but batteries, diesel fuel? Well, hold on. They had diesel fuel at a facility that created electric vehicle? How can that be? It's not so we're supposed to get... Okay. The company also alleged, allegedly sent hazardous materials to landfills that were not equipped to handle them. Are you Tesla drivers out there hearing this? Just so you know. Okay, the hazardous materials are used, created even, and disposed of in the creation of your vehicle. And no, you're not driving a zero-emissions vehicle. It's not happening. While not admitting to wrongdoing, Tesla agreed. So it was a settlement to pay $1.3 million civil penalty and 200000 for counties to cover investigative costs. The companies will also take steps to properly handle waste and hire independent auditors to examine waste policies over the next five years. <clears throat> Quote, while electric vehicles may benefit the environment... That, okay, pause right there. This is from the San Francisco District Attorney. He says, while electric vehicles may benefit the environment, show me where. After what I just read. Manufacturing and servicing of these vehicles still generates many harmful waste streams. Yes, they do. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that you heard that because here again, this is a story that's not really going to make any current mainstream news outlets. Now, at the same time, as long as I'm talking about electric vehicles here, let me get into this <clears throat> headline. 
electric car demand plummets. Now, part of the reason are the high prices, according to this article. We'll get into that, but hang on. High prices for electric vehicles? But with heavy subsidies and heavy tax breaks, and yet still they're unaffordable. All right, here's the story. Battery vehicles, EVs, represented just about 14.7% of new car sales in January, which is down quite a bit. Well, like, like a lot of things, when you put out something new, there's a peak in interest and it drops off. This is a lot like that fake meat they've been trying to sell. When it first came, like the Impossible Burger, when they first came out with it, I was advertising all over the place. And as I've told you before, I even tried one just to see what it was like. And, you know, it was okay. You know, but I still want my burger. So there was an initial spike in interest as people tried it just to see what it was like. Then people went back to doing what they were doing before. And so interest had plummeted. Well, it's the same thing for many other products, and electric vehicles is one of them. There was an initial spike in, oh, what's this? And now sales are dropping off. Comes after uh, full-year figures, 2023, revealed that the market share of EVs was going into full reverse for the first time, with many drivers still put off by, for one thing, high costs. And and then, then they get into the problems with charging and so on. And the reliability of the vehicles, which has been mainly to do with their current batteries. Now, if these electric vehicles get into some kind of a new battery system, if we get past the batteries we're currently using, and there are people working on things like that, then there may be a future for these things. But right now, no. And, and there is a problem also with... Because electric vehicles have not been performing well out there in the real world, whether those problems are fixed or not, it could end up with a bad reputation. And I've seen many cases where a good product gets a bad reputation and then there's no recovering from that in the marketplace because in that case, perception is reality, right? All right, new forecasts can cut the predicted share of the market. They originally said this year... Electric vehicle sales are going to be about 22% of the market. It's not going to be anywhere near that, are the new predictions. The industry said new EVs registered in January are way down, taking the total registered, also also in Britain so far, uh, new registered vehicles way down. However, experts warn, and I always am suspicious of experts, lackluster figures were a sign that customers were shunning the new cars in favor of secondhand alternatives. Quote, the numbers will intensify industry calls uh, to slash purchases. And you've already know, because I've already gone through some American car manufacturers, as, as one example, have already decided just to cut back. Like, um, what, the, the, the Vault that was out there? Ford and Chevy both have cut way back on how many they intend to make every single year just because they know the demand isn't there. And what gets me is why make any new at all? They already have p whole massive parking lots filled of electric vehicles that haven't sold. Brand new, and they haven't sold at all. So why, why are you making more? All right, reading on here. The slump in EV sales came amid winter market melees. And, yeah, we, a big dump. Sales tumbled by almost 16%. And a big part of that was people saw what was happening to those who owned electric vehicles, we had a big, big cold front that moved across. Remember in Illinois, 
people trying to charge their electric vehicles and they weren't able to do it. It was a big problem with that. That helped sales just plummet. Some of the new cars registered overall uh, compared to a year earlier, again, down. However, the incre- there was a slight increase in some smaller EV cars, but it lead heavily toward fleet buyers, like rental car firms, which is a big problem there because I, I'm trying to remember which was it. Uh, there was one of the rental car firms in America, and I forget which one it was. Avis, one of those that just decided to sell off almost all of their electric vehicles. One of the greatest voices in modern country music died last night of stomach cancer. He's been battling for a couple of years. Toby Keith. This program is intended for immature audiences only. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Weekdays at 6 on air on Alexa and 24-7 on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Nine twenty-two is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. All right, triple eight ninety-seven was the phone number. Eight 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 ninety-seven W O O D S. So, this is from a website that I like to follow. It's a news site. They do pretty fair news, which is difficult to find these days. Called the Center Square, and they're looking at the state of Pennsylvania. But I'm reading this, thinking I can just put Wyoming in here or surrounding states. State energy policy exacerbating reliability and blackout concerns. Really, not surprised. Sorry, says Pennsylvania's energy future isn't only a question of what they call renewables, which are not, versus fossil fuels. They're not fossil fuels. Don't call them fossil fuels. They're not. They don't come from fossils. It's a question as to whether the state can reliably provide enough energy to meet growing demand. One problem, power plants retiring quicker than new ones can be built. And it says here, this again, I have to correct their story. Power plants retiring quicker than cleaner ones can be rebuilt. There's not a whole lot cleaner about the new one, but all right. Uh, The shuttering has been driven by state and federal rules to mitigate uh, pollution, but get projects approved, and that that takes years. Okay, here's part of the problem here. Um, They're calling things pollutants that are not pollutants. I want clean air. I want clean water. But there's a lot of things that are called pollutants that are not. Also, it's a matter of how much uh, we have as far as what we put in the air, as far as actual pollution is concerned. And, yes, the EPA has gotten way overboard. But then, in order to build a project, well, it takes, approval takes years. But it shouldn't. I understand making sure that things are done right and so on, but you can see the process of building a new plant is mired down in bureaucracy. Meanwhile, the demand for electricity continues to grow. So, quote, we're tinkering with the environment without considering what's going on with the economy, Pennsylvania's senator said. Uh, 
my bottom line is that if you want to have the best environment, you need to have the most robust economy that you could ever come up with because then you can start thinking about the environment. He's right about that. Politics, well, policy and analysts warn that without continuous energy sources like natural gas and nuclear, let's put coal in there, a build-out of wind and solar will leave the public suffering. Oh, I'm glad they're starting to realize this, at least in Pennsylvania. Quote, our current energy policy is undermining the reliability of the grid. Costs will rise while reliability falters. It's the worst of both worlds. Now, that according to the Minnesota-based Center for American Energy. And costs will rise while reliability falters. It's the worst of both worlds. That's a quote, and that's correct. He continues to express the electric grid that covers Minnesota and much of the mid-continent that runs north and south, arguing the state mandates for more solar and wind has led to power plant closures that heighten the risk of rolling blackouts. Does that sound familiar? Now, of course, we can look at when Europe was going through this, and they still are. I remember talking about it then. Then California started going through this. Now, here we have Pennsylvania going through this. And they're not the only one. Texas goes through this. Just a matter of time, Wyoming. They're already talking about raising your electricity prices. And prices go up, reliability goes down, and it's not better for the environment. Okay, so... The electric grid that covers Pennsylvania and Ohio, also suppliers for several of the states, asked to share the blackout burden, uh, supply enough energy, and avoid those blackouts could become an issue, the story says, with about uh, 253,000 megawatts of capacity to build out in the future. But the majority of it is solar and wind. And natural gas is only a small part of it. Now, again, Build up more natural gas and get some coal in there, and you've got a reliable grid. So, okay, the energy policy of the state has others concerned that prices will continue to increase regionally. Maryland, Maryland, another member of their cooperative, has seen the introduction of a net zero plan by their governor and to require all electricity in the state to be generated by wind and solar sources. And Illinois has implemented the process as well. And they want more natural gas plants. Quote, state divides in state policy are affecting prices, according to Glenn Thomas, president of GT Power Group, as a result of Federal Energy Regulatory Commission may revise its policies to ensure that higher costs tied to state policy choices are not spread across all states. So here again, there goes your reliability. That's gone. And prices continue to increase. Why would you want to pay more for something that is not cleaner and is less reliable? Quote, we're turning a corner, folks. We have a lot of work to do. This is a marathon, not a sprint. It's going to take some time. They noted that Ohio and Pennsylvania concerns noticeably, uh, which has reformed its permitting process for new energy product projects to try to get them up and running faster. Uh, the price signals are not correct right now, he says. If you get the market signals correct, history can be proven. It can be done. Uh, well, again, they're just completely screwing themselves on this, aren't they? But all right. 
At least they've begun to see the problem. Now they'll do something about it. Meantime, here in Wyoming, even we have to find a way. Get out of carbon sequestration. Stop it. Let the free market decide what kind of energy we use, not the government. Coming up on 9.30, local news coming away. Right after local news, upgrade on your weather forecast. Then you and I get back into it again. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming. Sure, this show is sustainable. We sequester all gas emissions to one room. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 and FM 95.1, weekdays at 6. I'm so happy to be here, yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Still, I know the world's on fire, the situation's dire. A lot of work and courage is gonna be required, but... I'm just happy to be here. So the good news is that bill that was supposed to do something about the border is dead. I know. Yay. Well, okay. <clears throat> All that work that they did, and of course it was just garbage. And nobody was, well, not a whole lot of people are really falling for it. There were a few Republicans that fell for it, but most everybody didn't. Here's the latest story. It reads, how do we know the Senate attempt to pass a jumble of border enforcement and foreign aid measures is doomed to failure? Even the Senate Republicans who backed the bill over the weekend have begun hitting reverse. After pushing hard for the deal, Mitch McConnell finds himself, he's backing away. The story says, here's Mitch McConnell speaking about the $188 billion national security supplemental on the Senate floor this afternoon, or yesterday afternoon. It's now time for Congress to take action, he said. Now, here's the Senate minority leader, same guy, to fellow Republicans in closed-door meetings last night. Let me get to the quote here. Mitch McConnell told Republicans if they didn't like the direction the bill is going, maybe they should have vote against moving forward this week. So he backtracked a little bit. And then there's the abrupt bout face on this one, which happens today, which tells you everything you need to know about it. So, and it's gotten far worse. Now, here's Senator Barrasso. Senator Barrasso, the number three Republican, comes out against this bill. He said, I cannot vote for this bill. Americans will turn to the upcoming election to end the border crisis, which is 272 days away. So, okay, even our own Senator Barrasso is stepping up and saying, no, I can't. All right. Barrasso wasn't the first member of McConnell's team, the story says, to sign a defection yesterday afternoon. John Colson told reporters that he had developed a serious concerns about the bill after spending several weeks cheerleading the negotiations. So, the story also says U.S. Senator John Corn says he has serious concerns about the border security bill. So, you see, it's falling apart in the Senate, in other words. Okay? Now, over in the House of Representatives, Speaker of the House says not even, not even going to bring it up. Don't, don't even think about it. Not even going to bring it up. So... What did Republicans get out of all of this anyway? And they got uh, mealy mouth limits on illegal entries, about 5,000 a day, which should never be that many. 
which that's ridiculously high. How many terrorists need to sneak through, really, honestly? They really, they, they, once again, the Republicans did not negotiate well with all of this. They honestly just did not. But that's typical of Republicans, th those that were on the board. The other Republicans that are backing out, plus, again, House of Representatives not even looking at it. So what you're going to end up with is the Democrats, especially the president. Well, we could secure the border, but those Republicans wouldn't let us. They should have passed the bill. The president has all the power he needs right now to secure that border. We don't need a new bill. We don't need money going to Ukraine, okay? Was this part of the bill? This All this was just garbage and unnecessary. If the president wants to secure the border, all he has to do is give the word and we can secure the border. That's all it takes is this president giving the word and the border will be secured. And that's it. That's all it takes. But he won't do that. But the Democrats here in this try to find a way, not only to slip a lot of garbage through, it's a lot like their Inflation Reduction Act, which had nothing to do with inflation. It was about passing a bunch of environmental nonsense. It had not a thing to do with inflation, but they slipped that one through anyway. That's what this bill was. Write something that nobody can disagree with and slip a bunch of garbage in there and pass it. And if they do disagree with it, we can go ahead and blame them. You see, you don't really want the border secure because if you, gosh, if you did, you would have voted for this. This is the, you know the games they play. And I think most of the American people, I think most of the American people understand the games that are played. That doesn't stop them from continuing to play the games. So you're going to hear more about this as we get closer to the presidential election. This will be brought up again and again as they try to use it against the Republicans. But I think that's a big part of what this was all about. So, yeah, even in the Senate, Republicans are backing off. It has absolutely no chance of being heard in the House. All right. Back to Toby Keith. Yeah, like a lot of you, I woke up this morning. In fact, yesterday, before I went to bed, Toby Keith is dead? And I woke up this morning and seeing it again. Really? But then again, he did have that two-year battle with stomach cancer. I am glad that he died peacefully at home with his family. Boy, he gave us a lot of great songs. You know I got it. Come and get it. Who's your daddy? Who's your baby? Who's your buddy? talks to you, not at you. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. Coming up on 948, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by... Okay, I just sent something to our friend Colby. She put up a story that in Fort Casper, how, Frank, would you like to go see a bunch of old movie posters about movies that were supposed to have taken place in Wyoming? Oh, really? At yeah. Fort Casper? The museum yeah. there? The vintage oh, oh, stuff. Now, really nice. I have gone, oh, I, yeah, I've uh, toured Fort Casper several times. Now, I do know that when I've gone to some Wyoming movie theaters, 
around the state, not just one place, around the state. A lot of times when I walk down toward the theater, there's old movie posters. Yes. And a lot of times, those are old Wyoming movie posters. So the movie was actually was, was set here? Uh, yes, set in yeah. Wyoming, yeah. Okay. Not always shot in Wyoming, but, but a lot but of times. But set in Wyoming, okay. Yeah, that's, that's, set that's, in that's, Wyoming, yeah. yeah. Now, a while, I sent Colby, she said she's going to add it to the story, but I sent Colby a list of, let me see, the redhead from Wyoming. And I got to tell you, uh, she was quite a redhead. Nineteen fifty-three. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she's just. I'm. i What's the next one? <laughs> Wyoming Roundup. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next one is just called Wyoming. Okay. That's a good name for a story. Yeah. West of Wyoming. Ooh. Okay. Uh, storm over Wyoming. Wyoming outlaw. Now every single movie poster, you always have to have guys in horseback, uh, cattle running, somebody's getting punched. And somebody's drawing a gun. Every oh, and there's usually a guy kissing a girl in every single of one of these posters. Okay, now this is like mm. Wyoming, uh, our state, not like Wyoming, Pennsylvania. No, Wyoming as there is a Wyoming, state, Pennsylvania. Yes. And these are all old cowboy flicks from like 40s and 50s. Okay, let me see. Song of Old Wyoming, thrilling romance, rugged action. Ooh. Yeah, we were a wild mm. place back then. What happened yeah. to us? Well, and they always a lot of these posters called us old. Hills of old Wyoming. Why old were we Wyoming. old? We were one of the newest states. Well, it's what they say in Cheyenne, at old Cheyenne. Okay. I don't think it's old. No. Just, it's a, it's just, a term of affection. Okay. Why, well, I mean, I know if you go up and call some people old, especially women, they get really mad at you. But okay. Well, don't ask their age. No. Okay. no. Wyoming Renegade. Oh, that's a pretty good name for that. Uh, let's see here. Wyoming Male. Okay, yeah, like, this like, has to like do, like the like a postage mail yes, or a guy. postage mail, and of course there's a pretty girl on the front. There's a guy drawing a gun. The West's most daring train robbery. Aha! Uh -huh. Something was in the mail. Aha! Uh -huh. mm, okay. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh! This poster says two fisted action. Wow, this is going to be great. Wyoming Hurricane is the name of the movie. Woo! So if you want to go see two fisted action, Wyoming. In this case. The good-looking dame is the one holding the gun. Oh, well, there you go. two men are in a fist Maybe they could have been Annie Oakley. I could have been, yeah. Well, it's a pistol anyway. But okay, no, she was good with pistols, too. There was a couple of uh, movies, uh, posters I have here of the old Wyoming hurricane. And let me see. There's a, and the last one I end with a much better poster of the redhead from Wyoming, which is where we started the whole thing. Exactly. Boys high school basketball from over the weekend. First on Friday in 4A, the Cheyenne Central boys rated number one. Edge Natrona 73-72 in overtime. Cheyenne East over Sheridan 75-69 in overtime. Laramie B. Thunder Basin 80-63 on Friday. Kelly Walsh over Evanston 49-39. Upton defeated KC 75-32. Dubois a winner over Midwest 64-42. Wright beat Glenrock 70-36. Douglas Big over Burns 70 to 20 and Campbell County over Cheyenne South 67 to 53. Then on Saturday, Central go to, got to 17 and 0 with a 78-58 win over Sheridan. Cheyenne East is 14 and 4, beating Natrona 65-47. NC drops to 12 and 3. Kelly Walsh got to 7 and 9 with a 64-56 win over Green River. And Laramie's 13 and 2, beating Campbell.
Campbell County, 69-46. Glenrock is 5-7, beating Moorcroft 70-52. Midwest 4-9 after beating Arveda Claremont, 67-34. KC drops to 3-13. They lost to Burlington, 38-27. Men's College basketball tonight. The Wyoming Cowboys at home in Laramie to be 25th-rated New Mexico. The folks are trying to bounce back from that dreadful shooting performance on the road at UNLV on Saturday when they went 4-25 of from that three-point line. And what's weird is that UW shoots 38% from three, and that's not bad. So the Cowboys, after that loss, are 12-10 and overall, 5-4 and in Mountain West playing. New Mexico 6-3 and in league play, 18-4 and overall, and the Lobos pounded the Cowboys in Albuquerque earlier this season. So we'll see what tonight brings. That's a 6-30 start from the Arena Auditorium. We'll have it for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KCGY in Laramie. Women's College Basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls will host Utah State in Laramie tomorrow. The Cowgirls escape with a seven-point win over Nevada on Saturday. They're 8-2 in Mountain West play, 13-8 and overall. Utah State is the worst team in the league at 1-9 and with an overall mark of 4-17. and That will be a 6-30 start from Laramie tomorrow. That's it in sports. Now, this one we'll have to get into tomorrow, yes. but I object. We have a reputation to protect. DJ Nike just posted, Wyoming named least sinful state in America for the second year running. According to who? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Anybody who, were they ever even at, in the states? I don't know. Are they trying to ruin our reputation? I, I mean, uh, did they interview every priest yes. in the confessional? Don't, don't they know? Did they count our inmates in the jails and yeah, the prison? Don't they know about the gunfights in the streets well, and the poker well, yeah. games and well, and then and the brothels well, and all this kind yeah, of but stuff? That, that doesn't happen I, now. No, does it? I. Well, kinda, kinda, yeah. yeah. It's just. It's not as fun as it was before. I don't before, like it when still, we're wholesome around here. You don't, no, I want to be heathen. We have a reputation to yes. protect. All right, thank you, Frank. We'll get on that tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll ruin Wyoming's reputation the way it should be ruined. So we have, yeah, the least sinful state. I, obviously, they don't live here. They don't party with us. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. Just wake up, Wyoming.